Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. They come to relax. Enjoy the beach. Have fun and spend money. And that's where we come in. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys Podcast. Find out tips on the best ways to market and operate a water sports business. If you're a water sports operator, you need to grow your brand, operate more safely, upgrade your operations, and of course, increase bookings. We're industry veterans, broadcasting from Destin, Florida. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast, and this is Kevin O'Neill and Greg Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of the Awkward Water Sports Guy podcast. Today, Kevin and I are going to be talking about a situational issue that some of us go through and offer some thoughts advice, insight on how we've handled things in the past and kind of talk through some ideas to try to make it make the situation better. And that issue is rescheduling. And the reason why we thought about this is in the Facebook group, we saw a situation from one of our members talking about, you know, a customer that has canceled or they want they want to reschedule their reservation uh, while they're within the cancellation period. And what the best process is for that. And obviously, there's a lot of different ways to handle it. Some businesses are going to handle it differently because it's a more high-end product or it's like a charter uh, reservation where you know it's not something that's going to easily rebook. But just Kevin and I are just going to kind of talk about how we handle those things and what some good practice would be. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one because I think like this issue sort of it separates the difference between family-run business or mom-and-pop shop and then co- more corporate businesses that just sort of have, have a hard line. If you've ever tried to deal with an airline or a hotel and trying to circumvent their cancellation policy, it's pretty mm-hmm. tricky. And rarely yeah. do they do they, do they they budge from those cancellation policies. I think it, it, it becomes a little d- it difficult to navigate uh, the charm of that most water sports companies provide being that there's not a huge customer service center in between the customer and and management or, or customer uh, resolution. Yeah, there's a lot of responses in the group. And I think when it comes down to it, it has a lot to do with the product you're selling. And for example, if I'm selling a, a ticket to our dolphin cruise, and a 130 passenger boat and someone calls with like an hour before and says, hey, I, I'm not going to make it. Can I reschedule to tomorrow? The likelihood of you selling that seat is probably pretty good, especially if it's in like in a high demand schedule time. Uh, and plus, you're not going to really feel the impacts of losing that revenue than you would if, let's say, it was a private fishing charter. You know, you got to be able to handle. So let's kind of break out, you know, those two segments and talk somewhat about like a multi-passenger vessel, like either a parasailing, dolphin cruise. You know, Kevin, you did parasailing for several years. You know, did you run into the situation and how do you feel like the best way to handle from like a multi-passenger perspective? I, I hate to say this, but every every situation, every situation different. If you're mm-hmm. going to retain some of that uniqueness and, and charm of being a, a family-run business, but at the same time, 
you want to take a page out of the book of these cancellation policies, there's a reason why they exist because these are perishable products. It does affect your bottom line. I th- I think whether it be a multi-passenger vessel or a, a, a boat to be rented, you, you sort of have to stick, you have to stick to your gun. So, and I, I think that it's, they're, they're not that far apart. At the end of the yeah. day, if, if you have, if you have two hours to fill a, a, a parasail boat seat that might be p- pretty tricky if you have eight hours every every circumstance is going to be different and that's why you have to have a policy that you can stick to i'm pretty yeah. i'm i'm pretty hard-nosed about it I, I i hate i hate to be hard-nosed about it if it's if it if it's something where the customer's got a, like a good attitude and something that's because how do you tell when people are lying or, or when people are making stuff up? Like it, when, when you start getting into all these different situations, if you don't stick to your policy that you yeah. lose that churn, it's just, it's gone. So it's a boat, it's a jet ski, it's a parasail boat. If, if, if you take your time and your effort and your staff's time, it's now it's not just, now it's not just you're losing the spot. But now you're losing your, your staff's valuable time by dealing with this customer. But then on the flip side of that, if you don't give them what they want, then you might have to suffer a negative review. So it's a delicate balancing act. I want to say a funny story about you, Kevin, but I'm going to wait and, f- and finish my thought. <laughs> I'm just smiling because I'm thinking of something that happened just recently. Um, but, you know, one thing you said uh, about sticking to your guns, one thing I don't like dealing with different tour operators is that they don't have any policy on these things like rescheduling um, within the cancellation or just cancellation refund policies in general. I think that it's really good for your company culture to have systems and sticking to them because it's really hard for an employee to do their job if you're always switching your policies and you're also, when something goes wrong, you're kind of stepping in and giving the customer what they want. And it really kind of hurts your um, employee's ability to uh, have autonomy in their job. And there's nothing worse than like you doing your job exactly what you're told to. Boss comes in and just derails it. And you kind of look like the bad guy. And that's something that I see way too often, like the the manager. And then maybe the manager's making the right call because it's a gray area and they just want things to go away. But I think there's better ways to better ways to handle it. So when, it, when we're just talking about multi-passenger, one thing I, I really like that one, one company does here in Destin is that if someone calls within the cancellation policy and they get 130 seats on their boat to fill. So they lose a, one family. It's not going to really hurt them. They don't give the money back, but they give a free voucher to come back anytime for the entire year. And I think that's pretty cool. I, I agree, but now you have two different you have situations here. If, if you take payment and somebody wants a refund versus if you take a credit card and then charge it after the fact, this is why I'm a huge proponent of taking payment in full in the beginning because somebody is much less likely to cancel when it's their money on the line. So if you charge them and they don't go, I feel like, I, and this could be wrong, I, there's no study to support what I'm going to say, but they they might have an easier time of going after the chargeback, going after the money. So once it's paid, they're they're much less likely to, this is just what I've seen firsthand. Oh, 100%. It's, it's more work for them to have to go through the dispute process and everything. It's paid and they really, they're more amicable to work things out than they are if it's just a credit card hold. Right. So if you're doing a, if you're doing a credit card hold, that's a tough one. Do you do you bang their credit card? A lot of times when like if it was like a jet ski rental, an hour rental, hundred bucks, something like that, I just 
I, I would just let it die. I, I, I wouldn't charge them. I would, and and we I see this with jet skis more than I do with the boat rentals. The jet skis are an, an unmitigated nightmare. They if they don't if they show up late or they don't want to take the test or anything, well, I'm not going to pay and blah 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 blah. So now, now we take we take payment in full, and it's like as you said, it's it's much much more difficult um, for them to, to to go through the rigmarole of getting their money back and or you know or or fighting a charge back. It's going to be two separate things. I'm a but huge you- proponent of paying in full when taking reservations where first of all people are comfortable with doing that it's it's i mean it's not like most activities are around like what 150 200 usually an average average sale if you're taking everything i mean obviously different industries are going to be lower or higher but at the same time it's not it's not so much money that people can do it in advance and they're okay with with sitting on it but it holds them to the agreement a little stronger than if they just have a credit card hold so you're probably going to get more people showing up. Yeah, there's going to be a cost of the credit card fee to charge and refund. Yeah, that's that's the risk. But I mean, if you look at it, Kevin, I mean, how many cancellations do you get? If you took your cancellation percentage all year, what is it? Maybe 3%, 4%? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's really small. I, I can't tell you without pulling in a report. but So maybe the credit card fees to, to charge and refund on that 3%, is that enough to make you say it's not worth charging in advance because you're also at the same time getting people to show up and also less likely to do stupid things like try to reschedule uh you know an hour before their trip and things like that. So I, I think in in the large scheme of things it's it's a good thing to charge in advance because you're going to have less customers asking for changes and moves and things like that. And to your, to your point, when you don't uh, earlier when you don't have the systems and process in place and you're you're you kind of it's not even just headache for your staff but they just don't know what to do they're not given any kind of clear guidelines so not only is it difficult for them because they're like well uh, uh let me call my boss um blah, 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 blah. uh then then they feel like they're bothering you calling you every cuz i this happens all the time uh, with us because I do have a lot more flex. As as I say, I'm super hard nosed. When it comes to the boats with the jet skis, I have a little more flexibility, uh, being that there is more space in the next tour. So a lot of times, um, while we still don't refund, we reschedule quite often when with the traffic and the things that everybody has to go through. So if I have a lot of availability, then we re- we can reschedule them. So if we say, hey, tomorrow we have X X X X X and Y that. That people are usually pretty happy, pretty happy with that. I've had a couple people uh, try and demand uh, some refunds and things like that. And and the, my go to is also when they go, "Well, I want to talk to the owner." It's my favorite thing. I like I'm going to pull that at Amazon next time I have a problem. I want to talk to the owner. Get Jeff Bezos on the line. It's really funny. Like people feel that that's I don't know. Like it's still like an acceptable thing. I want to get to my story. Uh, the the COVID grandma. Oh oh yeah, <laughs> COVID, COVID COVID grandma. <laughs> um, so um, no, you tell this. You tell the story. It's it's so uh, it's funny. So dumb. Uh, <laughs> I think so. Hilarious. Like at the advice of somebody in the group, they're like, "Yeah, I make them show a doctor's note." I was like, "Yeah, that's fire. I like that." You know, show, <laughs> show me a doctor's note, uh, like on some Ferris Bueller shit. Uh, remember Ferris Bueller, the uh, Sloan Petersons? Yeah, uh, yeah. Grandma dies like roller old bones down here, <laughs> and then the dad calls. Uh, I love that scene, but yeah, so that's what I pulled. I was like, yep. Yeah. I was like, let me see a let me see a positive COVID test, and then he shoots me a picture of like his grandma in the hospital, and so I immediately. <laughs> 
I immediately like <laughs> search it on Google. I'm like, grandma in hospital, grandma with COVID. I'm like, come on, let it come up. Let it, let this image come up. Let me find it. Cause it was a JPEG. And, and you mentioned that. And I, I was like, that's so weird. You know, you thought he would just sent like a straight, like a, like a picture of the it. name of the, the, the file name was image one dot JPEG. Right. When you, when you take a photo with your phone, I don't think that it, labels it like that and it was so fast and then he well he would have had to save the image as a jpeg and then send it as an attachment so i thought that was like a lot of work because he sent me the positive covid results as a picture so either he was like way slick on some of the dog ate my homework shit or um you know his grandma really was sick so i mean just to go to all that trouble for the the refund i was like okay gotta give him yeah gotta give him credit for going through the trouble yeah (laughs) yeah so i I do find that the more difficult you make things on people the harder it is for them to follow through so a lot of times when they're like i want to talk to the manager i always hit them with the hit us at our our customer service email feel free to email me and we can have a normal conversation like that yesterday i had a i had a pretty good one there was a this guy and there was like a dent in the pontoon wall or something and and he was upset about the boat and the condition and so he was like going like wanted a partial refund or something he was like going back and forth back and forth and the the tag his 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 email signature was uh was like an officer but her name was like Jamie something so i was like i i i, I was like responding to each email as though it was a woman because to be fair, it did sound like a Karen, uh, the way that this person was kind of like bitching and moaning about the boat. And he yeah, and they yeah. went out for four hours and had a good time and like the staff, but yet they want a refund. And so I said, with all, you know, you know the person on the other end, an email goes, uh, oh, the, the doc can said that the boat was five years old. And I said, with all due respect, ma'am, uh, that boat's a 2019 boat, Bennington. It's silver. I know I have it in our, I know what boat you're on. And that's a 2019 boat. And it doesn't look like a five-year-old boat. And then the next email was like, I'm a sir. And it was a cop. And he was like in SWAT too. So I was like, all right, what do you want back? He's like 25%. I was like, okay, I misgendered you. So I'll, I'll give you the 25% on that one. How dare then, you abuse the pronouns? I know. And then and then uh, he's like, oh, I'll write you a good review, which meant if you don't give me something back, I'm going to write you a bad review. And yeah. and I everybody, if you listen to the show at all, you know how I feel about the weaponization of review. Something's got to be done about this, man. I, I don't know. It's like a business idea, but the weaponizing of reviews is there's a problem there, and and something needs to need to happen. But regardless, uh, yeah. So if it, if I can't if I can't come up with a solution that leaves a happy customer, a return customer, a good review. Uh, employee not in the car crying with their head in her hands because they got berated. That's another thing. If somebody like berates my people or, or, or is just like super demanding, it's the harder I want to do anything for them. So while I do try and hold pretty hard to our 48 hour cancellation policy, I, I do, I do bend it and I do break it depending on the customer. If they're cool, if yeah. they're a good person, I try and treat people the way I would like to be treated and shit does happen. So if I feel like I'm getting an honest story, I'll take care of the customer. If, Somebody's being a Karen, then no. Yeah, the way traffic is in our area, and I'm sure this is similar to lots of different destinations. If you stuck to your policy pretty hard, you probably would have three times, four times more terrible reviews. And I think that goes for most. And I think I think the expectation is that these small companies are going to bend rules, and they they play into that a lot. 
And, you know, that might be the case. I mean, we have, we, when we had our jet ski business, I mean, I can't tell you how many times people came late and broke all sorts of policies uh, that we had in place, but uh, we had to be flexible to these folks because we want good feedback. We want good reviews. And I, I love when I see a review when people are like, you know, we, we came late, expected only half of our rental, we got the full amount. So, you know, the the customer service recovery is a, an important, but that's got to be something that you train your staff and make sure they understand yet. Yeah, th- this is the policy we make, but here's what we really need to do in case if they come late and maybe there's a, a form of system. Like if you have, if you have extra inventory laying around, which in the summer we don't, then who cares if you move them or if you don't expect to be busy the next day. Uh, but man, what really pisses me off is when businesses are dead and they don't allow a, a customer to move. It's like, so crummy. come on, it is so crummy. It's it's just at that point, why are you even in this business? Yeah. Well, it's the policy. There, this is the policy. I'm like, but you're you can move the people. It's not um, you're in the wrong business if if you can't. I, I agree, but then I disagree because I find it I find it frustrating that no one would ever go to this length with american airlines don't ever go to this length with hyatt with priceline with orbits like maybe they would but the when they pull the i want to talk to the owner thing that's why i said like well do you do that with amazon no you live in you know what the guidelines are you know what it is when when usually when people are doing this and and i'm not saying like the people that are good people that just kind of had like something stupid happen i'm talking about wait rain for two hours i want half my boat time back i got a guy doing pulling that one right now who can i get it just would you do this with the hotel would you do this with an airline would you demand if if there was a ton of uh of inclement weather and lightning would would you would you be at the customer service desk demanding or uh oh there was so much turbulence on my plane i'm going to need half my money back would you go to Disney World knowing that that you're going to rain, that the park's still going to be open. You can either, you know, you can do do what you want. You might not be able to go on whatever, do whatever, but at the end of the day, you know you're not going to go stand in that line and argue with customer service trying to get your money back, you know, because it's yeah. not going to happen. So I feel like in that regard, the people that fight the hardest are also the people that are the most, that take advantage of the goodwill and take advantage of the fact that you are a small business. Oh, yeah. They know that they can talk right to the the main decision maker. If people knew they can talk to the CEO of American Airlines uh, easily, then you know they would sure. be. They are all about protocol, protocol with these large call centers. There's very little gray area. And I, I understand because we in TripShock, we have a call center. Yeah, so I, I guess at the at the end of the day, when when you when you get this question a lot, everybody's going to have their own sort of systems and practices and, and policies. We are still small businesses, so you know we're not huge corporations. So that is a part of the charm and the and the wanting to do business with us. And and heck, probably even can leads leads to some some sort of premium um, potentially on our services, and then repeat customers and lack of having to pay for acquisition costs again. So to to have those repeat customers for small businesses is really important. What do you think about like private charters, like private fishing Ooh, charters? No, I mean I, that that's a bust. Feel- that's game over. No, you, you, there's there's no there's no way if you're cap owner operated charter and you're and somebody doesn't show up or breaks your cancellation policy, especially when you're super busy, that you have to you have to bang them. You have to take the money. And in, in those situations, I I know a lot of a lot of the private charters, fishing charters, those pleasure charters. They they don't want to take you know the money in advance. 
A lot of them want to get paid cash. They credit card hold and pay cash. And I, I understand the reason for it. It makes complete sense. Cash right. is they're, king. They're, yeah, but, well, yeah, they want to like break the law. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I, I look. Oh, I, I hate to. At some point, no matter what you do, you have to start acting. You start to have to acting as if because this is this is a culture that all of the whole world, the way the whole entire world operates, is it's changing. Even this refund thing is people are so used to dealing with the online marketplace, and Amazon, and eBay, and a no question asked refund. That's why people are so adamant about getting their money back because that's what they're used to. So in order to adapt to the just the everyday consumer you're going to have to take payment you're going to have to take credit cards like how long is like really like fiat cash currency realistically even probably going to be around it probably not that much more not that longer much longer probably not another 50 100 years whatever like eventually you just have to start adapting because people aren't carrying cash people want and that yeah if you have a churn if you have a a high churn rate for and you're a charter boat and, and and a and a refund rate and, and X like take a credit card, take payment in full game over. You know, yeah. It's, it gives it's, you more security in case someone does want to reschedule or cancel, you know, yeah, and they, pay taxes. Not... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, welcome to the rest of the, to the rest of the world, man. It's, it's like, it's if we ever get a bad rap in this industry it's because uh, we, we don't, we're not conforming to, the rules of the game that everybody else has to play by. So that's it. And it's all scalable and it's all doable. So there's no, it should be no issue there. I mean, yeah, a single charter. I, I just, I don't think single charters are long-term uh, just viable. Like, I don't know any like 70 year old men that are, you know, fishing anymore. Yeah. I mean, I have a, a, a couple folks that we book that. That are in their seventies? Not in their seventies, but they've been, doing private charters for 20 plus years. Right. Like and probably small. living paycheck to paycheck. It's really, it's, it's hard. It majority of easy. them, majority yeah. of them are majority of them yeah. are. Then, then you got the few, like the 1% that have a major repeat customer base. Really. It's, it's just the, the physical abuse of being like a guide captain, yeah. the back problems, everything. I mean, it is very, very hard work. One, one, when people ask me like why I left Key West, why I got out of the parasail game, when I tell them like what I used to make, how I used to make it, what I used to, like how much fun it was, everyone was like, "Man, why would you leave that?" I was like, "Man, I'm 42 years old. Like if I don't, if I, I do not want to be a 50 year old parasail captain, and I've never seen a 60 year old parasail captain. So extremely physically demanding, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. But I, I agree when it comes to like the the private charters. Definitely, yeah. I mean, we got to get into 2021. Accept payment up front. That's going to help out. If you ever, if you ever have situations with cancellations or or rescheduling, they're going to be much more amicable to work with you if they're if their money is already in your bank account. Well, my man, I think uh, I know this week's a little bit of a short, short little macro episode on a very, a very niche specific topic. But there's been a lot of chatter in the group, so that's why we, we sort of wanted to address it. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Is there any more to say on that topic? No, we're good. All right. All right. right. Well, thanks for tuning in guys. And as always, uh, you know, be awkward, keep it awkward, fucking do whatever it is that you do. (laughs) Okay. See ya. You've been listening to the awkward water sport guys podcast. If you're in the water sport industry, this is the podcast that brings the business perspective to parasailing, jet and ski boat rentals, sailing, snorkeling, 
and everything else. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Be sure to sign up to our email list at watersportpodcast.com and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next time, and thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Watersport and Boat Tour Operators, to continue the conversation. See you next time.